0: Welcome back to another episode of Beneath It All. This is your host Suzanne Guries. My guest today is diversified in his talents. From a young age, he knew his passion and dreams existed beyond the respected sport of football, and that his divine purpose did not just mean playing football. Rather, on the other side, as a sports writer. Stay tuned to hear more. Welcome to my show, Keith Jenkins.
1: Pleasure to be here. Thank you for the introduction.
0: (laughs) Of course, I appreciate it. How are you doing with all this? chaos you know as a, as a sports writer as a sports journalist you know with there no being no sports going on right now how are you adapting to that
1: yeah the chaos is is is, is just like it is it's chaotic um you know with no sports we're all trying to figure out what to do and how to fill the time and um what to do tomorrow and what to do today it's, it's just a weird time in our country and in our world mm-hmm. um but yeah, we're 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 figuring it out. For me, um, you know, I'm kinda in between contracts right now. My contract with the AP expired January twenty fourth. Right. And um I have some some things in the work. Um, so as far as, you know, what my next move will be, you know, we'll find out here soon. But yeah, with the virus and with sports being um, I guess delayed, it's kinda throwing a a wrench in all of our plans so we'll see Mm -hmm. but it's 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 kind of fun to have some time off and spend time with family I think this this whole time kind of puts things into perspective
0: it surely does I've I've had a lot of conversations in the last a few days and week as well as like with friends and families and the thing that I've stressed is like the importance of just like building and maintaining relationships that we've had right now, you know, and knowing that tomorrow's not promised. And so like reaching out to people um, who are close to you, who are not close to you, and having conversations, having dialogues about things that range from various, you know, topics or, you know, situations. So I think that's, I mean, it's entirely important. I'm happy you were able to take a break from sports writing, you know, um, and just take a deep breath. So what have you, what have you done to sharpen your, your, your game and, and as a sports writer, I guess? Have you watched any classics? What are some things you've done?
1: To be honest, this time has been a time of getting away, decompressing, Yeah. Um, You know, still staying in tune with what's going on and any kind of developments that are happening. But um, I'm in Arizona right now, spending time with my mom. For sure. She's she's in great health. and, And as am I, I got some allergies. So excuse my nasally voice right now um but uh no nah, we're just we're we're, we're selling her house right now okay. um she's she's in arizona she wants to move back home to ohio um so that's what i've been focusing on i i recently um i met with with a company um that's interested in my services i don't really want to say the name but you know again sure. we'll see we'll see what happens I, I don't want to jinx anything or let go anything it, out the bag yet until it's official but but yeah it's it's our grind is just that as much as i love it it is a grind, I and mean, you you you're away from your families a lot of yeah. times, and working weekends. And I, I'm not complaining. I love it, but I think the good thing about what's happening now. Is it gives everybody a chance, like you said, to just to relax. you know have yeah, relax and, and have dialogue with the people that mean the most to you. Mm. Um, Spending time with your loved ones as we're you know kind of self quarantined and, and yeah. trying to keep our space from each other, so this thing doesn't spread out of control. Um, it mm. gives you an opportunity to really spend time with the people that you love and that's that's the blessing of this time it's just being able to yeah just being able to unplug and and spend time with the people that matter I'm 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 watching movies and shows with my mom and it's been great so no complaints no complaints
0: good Keith well I'm happy you've had some quality time with your mother and some downtime just to relax you know
1: yeah Uh, for
0: sure now I want to kind of transition to you being a former student-athlete at the University of Toledo and then eventually okay. University of Cincinnati, right? Yep,
2: yep. And yep. then
0: um, your goal, your dream during your collegiate um, career was to be a professional athlete, right? Um, yeah. You decided,
2: yeah.
0: You decided not to pursue that. You decided to, to take a professional route in, in a career of sports writing. What made you – hang up your cleats and you know why why'd you when did you know that that was actually the time to do it
1: so if I may backtrack, track so I was I've loved um I've always loved to write um mm-hmm. it's it was a passion of mine since I was since I can remember when I was in kindergarten um you had different stations that you can you can play at, you can, you can do Legos or blocks or Play-Doh or whatever, all these different stations. But we also had a writing table Mm. and I used to always go to the writing table. And that's where I kind of started to figure out, this is what I love to do. I would write, um, whether it be write little short stories or write notes to my mom or work on my penmanship. And this was in kindergarten. Um, So I knew from early on, from an early age that I wanted to be a writer, and then you mix that with um, my love for speaking, I've never been afraid to speak Mm. in front of a crowd, where a lot of people, um, they're horrified to speak in front of a crowd, they're they're more afraid uh, of public speaking than they are of death, and it's it's crazy, but um, I knew, and then you mix that with about nine years old, um, my mom got cable. And I was introduced to Stuart Scott and I'm like, mm. yo, he's having a ball. He looks like me, he talks like me. I want to do what he's doing. Um, so in, in high school, um, I was a drummer first. I've been a drummer since I was uh, 11 years old. So okay. basketball and percussion, drumming, those are my first loves. Um, and my dad, he was an All-American football player at the University of Cincinnati. Um, so fast forward, see, my freshman year of high school, I'm a drummer in the marching band mm. and uh, all of my friends, um, a lot of my friends were playing football and I'm just, I'm just it was just kind of weird for me, even though I loved what I was doing, I just didn't feel like I was in the right crowd.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna play football. My, I, that's why my friends are, i want to be with my friends. I'm going to hang up the drums at least on marching band and I'm going to play football. So um, sophomore year was my first year ever playing uh, full contact football. I played in some flag football leagues throughout my youth, but sophomore year, entered the summary for my sophomore year, I went out for the football team and then uh, seven games into that season, I was on varsity and then um, I had a great junior season and then that's when Offers started to come, so I got offers from University of Cincinnati, University of Toledo, uh, Boston College, a few others. Um, okay. I ended up going to the University of Toledo to play football. Um, I was going to go to the University of Cincinnati. Head coach gets fired, and I'm like, oh man, you know that's where my dad went. So yeah. it kind of it was already the plan that I was going to follow in his footsteps. Um, but once he got fired. Um, the defensive coordinator at Toledo came to see me I had a great game. Um, and he offered me a scholarship
2: Mm. and then,
1: you know, the rest is history. So I get to Toledo and, um, everything started out great. And then I got injured
2: Mm. and
1: that's, I shredded my hamstring freshman year and it was, it really, uh, it, it was a—I uh, uh, don't know—a light went off. I guess. So, so question—I I, kind of I
0: want to ask you a question. So, would you say yeah, that sure. during the time when you started to get injured, that's when you kind of realized, like, hey, I need to take a step back and, and figure out what my other passions are? Would you say? Yeah. That?
1: So, so I—I—I—I rehab. I went through a rehabilitation, and I came back, and I just wasn't the same. Mm. I wasn't as explosive. I wasn't as um, I guess, athletic as I was, yeah, everything yeah. was so much harder. And for me, you know, I don't want to necessarily say my dream was to be a professional athlete. I think if the avenue presented itself, mm. I wasn't going to shy away from it. I knew that I had a skill and I had talent at it. And if it, if it kept progressing in that direction, I definitely would have moved in that direction. Um, but I think the injury and then me coming back and not being that same player made me say I want to pursue what I really love to do and that's yeah. writing and reporting and, and speaking um so I had a conversation with my, my parents I called my dad I called my mom my mom was like hey you know it's your life because my, my thing was if I'm not gonna play football you know I don't want to be here at Tol- at Toledo I want to yep. go back home and go to the University of Cincinnati
2: yeah
1: um so she's like, Hey, it's, it's your decision. It's your life. If that's what you want to do, it's your call. You do it. And then I tell my dad and he's like, no, like he's mm-hmm. like, you know, him being the football player and, and kind of, you know, him, him having been a professional, I think I had an opportunity, I think in his eyes to t- to take it a step further. Sure. You know, the things that he didn't accomplish, he can now accomplish those things through me. Um, but I was like, pops, like this just isn't what I want to do. I want to, I want to, go in a different direction. And we had a a back and forth, but I kind of wasn't asking him. I was telling him like, this is what, you know, my next move is going to be. So, um, so yeah, Mm -hmm. I I went back home to the university of Cincinnati and that's when I really, uh, decided Mm -hmm. that I was going to put my all into my academics. Um, and then also pursue, what it is I really want to do, and that's and that's be a sports writer and a sports reporter. And, and you know, through the grace of God, it's, it's been able to happen for me.
0: Yeah. Well, you brought up, I think I want to kind of talk about this more. You talked about you first told your parents, obviously, that you decided that you didn't want to play football anymore. Um, and your mom took it and said, hey, you should, yeah, you do what, you, do what makes you happy. You, you decide what you want to do. But, like your dad, he didn't accept you very accept the decision of you not wanting to play football anymore, and I could kind of relate to that in a way too. My brother played professional football too, and so he started to deal with injuries and just didn't have a desire to play football anymore and he called my dad and told him he didn't take it very lightly either and so Cause similar to you, like trying to follow my dad's footsteps, and my dad loved watching him mm-hmm. play, and so I think it's it's hard for them to accept that that they're not able to watch you know you or my brother play football anymore. So it's hard for them to like accept that, right? I think in, in terms of your yeah. situation, your dad was struggling to accept that he wanted you to keep going,
1: but yeah, I'm happy you a, made to you...
0: go ahead. It,
1: it's a it's a deep it's a it says we're we chatting. Let's let's let me be all the way honest and tell you the full story so yeah. um you know my I have a weird relationship with my father um, mm. sitting here today it's not a negative it's not a weight that's on me yeah
2: um
1: there's no there's no uh, animosity or anything like that um so when I was my dad was was drafted in 77 when <laughs> I came around in 85 um he was at the tail end of his career still trying to hang on and still trying to you know keep this thing going as a professional athlete Mm -hmm. um so when 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 I came out you know when I'm born um you know my mom and my dad are trying to keep this thing together for for me trying to um you know have a good union and a strong union for me and so they get married despite having some issues with their union um and by 1988 which is when I'm about two, three years old, um, they get a divorce. It just wasn't working out as it does sometimes with relationships, right? Um, It didn't work out for them. Um, They went their separate ways. Unfortunately, his separate way uh, wound him up in jail. Mm. He went to prison for three to five years um, for armed robbery.
2: Wow. Um,
1: So he came out when I was... Uh, I guess eight years old. So,
0: so while while in prison, were you guys um, still having conversations?
1: Yeah. So my mom, my mom never took me to the prison to see him. Okay. Um, that was her call, and it wasn't like she was trying to keep me from him. I knew. You know, Looking back on it, I knew of him. I was aware of him. He would write me stories. He would, okay. he would write me letters and she would read them to so me. So you still actively especially. involved in your life? Yeah, he was still definitely actively involved. I don't want to say that I knew he was in prison. I don't, frankly, I don't even remember. I don't know if he, at that age, you know, three, four, five, I don't know if I could even fully grasp what that right. meant. Right. And I think from her perspective, I don't want my child to see this at this young age. I don't want this to be an influence for him. I don't want him totally. to see this and think this is okay or whatever. Um but never did she ever say this isn't your father or try to distance her 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 son from his father. Never did that. So when he came out of prison um there was this um we had to, you know, make up for lost time, right? Yeah, like yeah. we had to find that bond, that father-son bond. Um and we would do it, I think, as best as we could, you know mm-hmm. we we i'm eight years old, and i'm i'm trying to i was immediately you know i found warmth in him as a father um yeah. there wasn't a a weirdness there um but it you know you still have to you know you have to make up for lost time, so sure. he would do different things to uh i'll just say mess up the progress <laughs> um mm-hmm. you know, i think for him having to adjust back to the real world, having been in prison, um, having to, now you're an ex, you go from being a, you know, great football football player, player. all all American in college, a professional athlete, and now you're in prison. Now you have to come out, you're an ex-con, you're having to, you know, readjust your whole life and figure out now what, Mm -hmm. I think that was a tough transition for him, understandably so. You know, he made a mistake. And unfortunately, in our society, no matter how big or small that mistake is, yeah. you're going to really pay for it for the rest Why'd of your you life. You're
0: going to pay for it, for sure. And yeah. You're so, absolutely
2: right.
1: Yeah. So we, we, we had, so I guess, you know, to make the story not too terribly long, um, we, would, we would have different falling outs, um, whether it was, uh, I, I remember there was one time where he was supposed to pick me up from church. And um, he couldn't make it for whatever reason. So he sent his friend to pick mm. me up. He said, yeah, I'm going to send my boy to pick him up. Everything's fine. So the guy comes and gets me. Mm. And then and he's waiting outside the church. Lady runs into the church. Hey, Keith, your dad's here. I run outside. And I'm like, that ain't my daddy. <laughs> like, right. like, I don't know that, man. You know, so uh, she's like, wait, what? I'm like, that is not my father. I'm not getting in that car. And so how, how later on, time during this show? I was... Gosh, I'm probably probably eight. I'm probably he probably had just came out not too okay. long ago, so maybe eight nine years old. Um, and I'm like, I'm and thankfully I, I'm like I don't like look. I was raised right. I'm not getting in that car with somebody I don't know. <laughs> so, okay, <laughs> like yeah. So later on, like he like he he my mom. And I guess we're talking on the phone, and he's like, he's telling my telling me and my mom. Speak, yeah, I'm sorry. I was caught up at this da 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 da. Um, I sent him to come get him. I thought it would be okay. And my mom's like, Keith, talking to me, I'm, I'm Keith is a second. So she's like, yeah. Keith, you can't send a random man to come get your son. He doesn't know that person. Like, yeah, you may know him, but he doesn't. Uh, right, like, right. So there were things that would happen, you know, that. There was a time where he had asked, you know, would I mind if he spoke weed around me? Um. And, look, like, that's just not something you ask a child, it right? Like sure. that, so you would, would, you say that, would you say <laughs> that a so. lot of
0: your writing would – was I guess, like, as a younger age or even in high school, would you say a lot of your writing was geared towards, like, your dad in terms of sports writing? Did you write at all in high
1: school? No, I didn't. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I wrote – in sixth grade, I won an essay contest. Okay. It was um, – it was I don't know if they still have DARE. It was it was the DARE program Drug Awareness. I can't remember what it says for um sorry Dare. But it's uh but I was, the essay was Why Do You Choose to be Drug Free. Okay. And um we of the, the first, second and third place essay contest winners, their prize, along with the prize was to read their essays in front of the entire school. Okay. And so I get it sort of I'm backstage, I won the essay contest, I won first place, and I'm backstage, and the second and third place winners are super nervous because they're afraid to talk in front of the entire school. Yeah. Could you I'm put your, phone, your
0: your mouth away from the mic a little bit?
2: It's a little muffled. Okay.
1: Can you hear me?
2: Yes. Is that better? A little bit better. Let's see. Talk. Go ahead.
0: No, no, I can't hear you at all.
1: You up? Yeah, I can now. Do you have me? Up? Okay. Perfect. Um. So yeah, no, it just it it just I did my writing. Um, was like was that it was I like when I'm in school, English classes, when it came time to write essays and write reports, that came easy to me. Um, you know, book reports and things like that.
2: Yeah. With
1: math became a challenge. You know, I'm like, well, I don't want to go that route, but writing was always easy so that that was something where I knew, it. this was something I'd love to do um and, yeah, and again just, just just my love for speaking and whatnot, and then my love for sports, so yeah like when i when i i guess when i when I was taking that story earlier, my dad um we kind of didn't see each other for a while, and then when I started playing football, he came back
2: around,
1: yeah, um, now it was kind of something where. You know, I guess we could bond over. Now I'm doing something that greatly interests him. And, you know, he latched on to that. And so, um, you know, the Cincinnati Enquirer did a story of, okay, so fast forward, junior year, I'm, I'm getting all this attention and, you know, playing well, blah, blah, blah. And they did a story. The story was how Keith Jenkins II is kind of picking up where Keith Jenkins I uh, left off, he yeah. got this bubbling career on the football field, um, and it was kind of like he chickens the first his redemption story. You know, you have this great athlete, who kind of self for grace. Well, now it's it's turning into a positive story through his son, um, mm. and and the way that the story went. Uh, I wore number forty one my first year on varsity, my my sophomore year of high school. I wore number forty one. And that was my dad's number. Now, so he inspired you pay. to have that number. So I wore number 41 because I, it was one of the only numbers left once oh. I got the list. Okay. So I, I get the list, and there's like three numbers left, and 41 was the best option. Um, the way that the story read was he took of the second, to number 41, the honor of his father. That wasn't the case. Right. There were a lot of historical uh, inaccuracies in the story. They didn't interview my mom. They didn't interview me. It was largely from his perspective, my father. Mm. And looking back on it and seeing how inaccurate that story was and how the portrayal was just not the true story, um, it really showed me why we, what we do as a journalist is important. Okay. Why it's important, so important to get every side of the story. Every um, side. Yeah, so I mean and I did and I didn't think of that, I think in the moment. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: looking back on it and I think of how that story made me feel, how that story made my mom feel, um, how he was painted as this great father who was always there and yeah. now he's at all the games right there on the gate and cheering me on. But that wasn't the case. Um and it wasn't like any animosity or any anger. It's just tell the right story, you know. Um and so, I, I, yeah, I, that, was a, that was a moment. That was a moment. Yeah. So, okay. But I, I think, you know, with athletes, um, the spirit of the conversation, I, I think we're our, what we do on our respective playing surfaces is such a big part of our identity. Um, okay. You know, w- when you're a basketball player, you're a basketball player, a football player, that's who you are. Well, no, you're much more than that. So when the challenge is, away from the game, who are you? When yes. what you do on the field, on the court, is such a big part of your identity. You're always practicing. You're always studying film, You're always trying to find the edge against your defender. You had a game coming up on Wednesday night. How can I get better for that game for the next opponent? It's such a big part of what you do.
2: Mm. You almost
1: lose sight of who you are outside yeah. of that. Um, and I think that was the blessing in disguise with the injury football, and I was also a basketball player, baseball player. Athletics was such a big part of my life for so long. All of a sudden, it was gone. What else am I? What else can I do? What else can I bring to this world outside of my athletic prowess and athletic gifts? And it was my writing. It was my reporting. It was my speaking. It was my love to tell Mm, stories. And then I can also stay within the realm of sports Sports. while I'm being a reporter and meeting you know athletes and telling their story so So that's kind of
0: where it all came together for me so when you did start to transition from being an athlete into a a sports writer did you have any struggles of identity or were you pretty much like smooth with you know deciding to be a sports writer sports reporter
1: no I, I to be honest. I struggle with it every day. Um, okay. It's it's. I think a lot of us. Why you struggle I'm, with I'm, it? I, don't, I think the struggle now is, um, because we're. I think how an athlete's mind is, and I'm speaking generally. An athlete's mind is, you you go full go at your goal at your yeah. mission, at your you know what you're trying to do. So now that's how I am as a sports reporter. That's how, I'm a, that's Eve, how I am as a journalist. For so sure. now it's like that same drive that I had as an athlete is now in my work. So now I'm, I'm grinding to be the best. I want to be better than the next person. And I, wanna, yeah. I, wanna, I want this story, like you want your last game to be your best game. Who right, cares right. what I did on Tuesday? Friday night, I'm about to drop 30. I'm 22 on Wednesday Friday I'm you know you're always driven to 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 do better do more yeah so now that's so that's what I'm doing now and I'm trying (laughs) and I like I said I'm struggling with it now you try to not obsess about it
2: Mm. so I
1: think you know being um self-reflecting and looking at myself you know I, I was I was on this path I was being a sports reporter and loving it but not fully uh, embracing the journey, not fully yeah. loving the experiences because I was so driven to get to ESPN. Yeah. Um, you know, again, meet, seeing Stuart Scott at a young age, I knew that's where I want to be. And then I get to college and I learn the difference between a reporter and an anchor. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I want to be a reporter. I, I want to be out in the field Me with
2: too. the people.
1: Um, so sure. But what was happening along my journey in this business is I wasn't, I wasn't living in the moment. I was doing, I was having all these awesome experiences yeah. and doing all these great things, but I wasn't fully appreciating them because I was always focused on the next. On the next. Just like you were as an athlete, right? You're Correct. always focused on this opponent's over. All right, who's next? All right, what do I got to do to get better? All yeah. right, I just dropped 20. What did I do wrong in this game so I can get 30? You know, I had four turnovers on Friday night. I'm not gonna have four on Wednesday. So what can I do better? You know, you're always striving, and it's great to be ambitious. It's great to have a goal, but don't be so driven that you don't appreciate the moment. The you moment. The so how
0: do you, I to Say that. So how do you find to find that love in the now? Because I'm still, I'm, I've gotten a lot better at it too, and I've had my moments where I'm like thinking about what's next or futurizing. But
1: how do you find that that now? I think I think for me it has been um, so I, I got to ESPN and, uh, they recruited me 2012 huh. as a producer so I get to ESPN um, now I'm at, I'm at ESPN and i and I'm still focused on the next I'm trying to get up the ladder at ESPN right so three and a half years later I get laid off and the layoff crushed me um I was in a, a relationship with a woman that I loved that I wanted to marry and I was so focused on the layoff and okay now what am I going to do how am I going to get my career back in order what am instead of focusing on the moment the blessings yeah, the in my blessings. Life. yeah. Blessings. so that's, that's what I'm but, doing now the relationship please. didn't work out and it, I went through some other things whether it was uh, mental health issues, physical Good. health issues that really help knock some things into perspective. Yeah. But I think now what I do every day is I live slower now. Um, when I wake up, I try not to put my feet on the ground without being appreciative of the day.
2: Yes. Um,
1: before you get out of bed, this day could either go left or right. And it's up to you. Like, it's really up to you. I can... I can say, all right, man, I, I can get out of bed with a horrible perspective mm-hmm. and be unhappy, and that's what my day is going to look like. Um, or I can get out of bed and say, you know what? I'm going to have a good day today. I'm going to be Amen. positive. I'm going I'm to rejoice in the day. I'm going to um, appreciate the moment. I'm going to be thankful for the moment. And look, I'm not saying it's easy. You know, it's not. You know, some days you get up, you just don't want to do it. Right, it's a right. hard. It's hard.
0: Like life is life, <laughs> life is perfect either. And I think too, like, it's important to know that we have to live through love and faith. And as we know, as of right now, tomorrow's not promised. And like it's important to live through love and not fear too, because when you live through fear, you're not living your destiny. You're not living um, to be better than you were yesterday you know and you're not pushing for better but I think it's like yeah living through faith and love waking up knowing that you have everything right here right now like everything that you want is here and it's up to you to push and go grab that you know and not putting any pressure on yourself but it's like knowing that you can do it and you're enough you have it in you
1: it's through you and it's around you you know you're absolutely right you're absolutely right and and I love like you and I talked you know a few months ago yeah. That, you were sharing that. I loved it because I didn't think like that when I was, when I was in college.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, when
1: I was chasing my dreams and my ambitions and aspirations and, and all that, I didn't think that way. Mm-hmm. I had to go through some things, right, to, to get my mind in that space. Right. Um, but I'm grateful for, for the things that I've had to go through to get there. But you're right. Um, we can't focus on tomorrow. You know, yeah. somebody asked me, what do you see yourself in five years? I don't care. Like, I'm not saying that it's not important to have goals and ambitions and to have drive and to aspire to be, to be something and accomplish something. Yeah. But tomorrow is not promised. You know, God said that something could happen tonight and I don't make it to tomorrow. So I want to make sure that I make today the best it can be. Um, whatever that means, you know, treating like you said, living in love and faith, treating people with love and kindness and respect and, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, just embracing the moment and being appreciative of the moment because the next moment may never come.
2: It may never
1: come. So I just want to live in today. Um and then when tomorrow comes, I'll I'll, I'll figure it out when I get there. And hey, I just man, want to I make you. sure that today is the best it can be. Um and you know, I've had to go through some things, some trials and tribulations to get there. And, you know, to anybody who's having those mental struggles, just know that it's not you're not alone, you know, no. and it's 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 hard. It's, it's not, life isn't easy. If it was easy, we'd all would be billionaires or, or, or with houses and cars or whatever. Whatever you, you know, want, we'd all have yeah. it. And it, it doesn't always come that easily, but it's important to appreciate what you have, to be thankful for what you have, to see the blessings, um, the positives in every moment. Um, and that's, it, I, man, if you can try to do your best to keep your perspective there life yeah. would be so much better for you, I promise.
0: <laughs> Keith, you, I mean, you, you bring up a, a, a lot of valid points and, and great advice for people that are going to listen to this awesome podcast. Um, as I'm looking on your website, you say a quote um, by Jackie Robinson you put on your website is, if life is not important except in the impact it has on, the, uh, on others' lives. And so what made you put that on your website? Why was that quote from Jackie Robinson so important to you?
1: Yeah, and I I think when when you really look at life, you know, when I look at you know my years on this earth, I'll be 35 in September. Um, still young, still young. <laughs> young. Yeah, yeah, still When I um when I look at a lot of my years, yeah, it was focused on um what can I do to get this? You know, how can I achieve this? How can I accomplish this? I really think the value of life when it's all said and done is how were we able to positively impact other people? Yeah. How were we able to leave this earth better than how we got it? Right. And and I just, I think like when I'm, I'm mentoring a lot of students and, and, and a young journalists, um, and that's something that I love to do. Um, I love to go and speak to different high schools and, and different, you know, our future leaders of the world. And, yeah. and you know, I, I, I love to, yeah, I love to tell them, look, this thing is tough. You're going to have pitfalls. You're going to stumble. Um, but keep this in mind. You know, keep, you know, keep your faith in mind. You know, if you, if, you, if you have, you know, the higher power, whatever that may be for you, you know, stay grounded in that yeah family first. Um, keep the people who love you and support you and have the positive energy around you first um, and if there's negative in- in- energy around you you be the light you be the light you to be make it light. positive
2: mm. yeah
1: so it, 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 you know that's, that's, that quote means to be me, um, I think when it's all said and done and we're, yeah. we're dead and gone wherever the afterworld looks like we don't know we'll find out at some point right yeah. but I think the value in what we do here on this earth is measured in others Thanks. how my impact measures and how I impacted other people's lives how I help someone else see the value in you know positivity and treating people with yeah. love and kindness and respect how was I able to mentor other young journalists and other students to help them reach their goals right. like I feel so much as fulfilled as I as I feel when I Accomplish a goal or reach a plateau or do something amazing. Mm. Um, that's great. But the feeling that I feel when a student of mine gets it, he understands, she understands the lesson that I was teaching. i taught talked yeah. um, when I was coaching. I have a player who doesn't understand why he should be in that stand to be in that defensive, you know, a point right there. But then it happens and it clicks for me. He's like, oh my gosh, I get it. Coach Jenkins, Mr. Jenkins, I understand what you were trying to tell me. Um, that statement is—you just can't, you can't even measure how good that feels. And even um, when someone comes up to me and I do a story, and they go, "You know, man, I really love how you told that story and how you brought the humanity of it out, and you yes. brought the feeling and emotion." Of you it out. you are a
2: great writer.
0: I mean, I've had multiple people at obviously the the Badgers games when you cover their stories. Like man, when I first met you, you know, Tammy brought brought, brought me up to you. He was like, you got me, Keith. Keith is a great writer for Associated Press. You gotta talk Thank to him. And, and I mean, I remember we walked up the stairs on our way to the the press box, you know, to cover the game. And as, I was like, let me just start asking you some questions because I'm very interested. And mm-hmm. um, right from the bat, I was like, yeah, he, he's awesome, and you look so driven. And um, reading, uh, I mean, various of his stories, I'm like, you're such a great writer. I mean, I've I've taken notes on some of your stories and looked at how you, you know, how'd you, how how was your lead and, how, you know, what, how'd you end the story? And I mean, it's, it's very awesome. And I love it. You know, what continues to, you know, how do you continue to find joy and passion in sports writing as you write stories about football, basketball,
1: baseball? Yeah, it's, it's all about the story um, for me. And I think when I told the young journalists in, People, like, we all have egos, right? And we all want to be great and do this and that. But I always tell them, it's not about you. Mm. It's not about us. It it has nothing to do with us. We're just the avenue to get the story out. Yeah. You know, I did the story with Quintel Thesis. Right, right. And that was a really special story. And I was honored that he um, trusted me enough to open up to me about what he had went through and where it landed him and, and his faith and, mm. you know, his, his mom and their relationship. Um, but that's where, that's where I, I continue to stay driven is, you know, meeting the people behind these stories and, and yeah. really connecting on with them on a deeper level,
2: deeper. Um,
1: you know, yeah, the depth, you know, getting the emotion, you know, Quintez was, you know, too, was, it, it took him a minute to really open up to me. Um, and there's not a lot of black reporters who follow Wisconsin athletics. Um, so he and I really bonded over the one I'm younger, I'm black, but also look, his father was in prison when he was three, as did mine. Yeah. Um His father would get out of jail when he was eight, as did mine. Um, You know, he's had a relationship. He had a, a, a touchy relationship with his father as they kind of felt that rebuild that bond um, mm-hmm. that they lost that they lost when he was behind the wall. As did so we really bonded over life and our experiences, and we realized we were very similar um, in right. our stories. Um, and so it's 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 getting to know the person, uh, treating people like they're human beings. In our field, you know, I, I've had the privilege of meeting you know Aaron Rodgers and Giannis and all these phenomenal athletes who are you know multi billionaires, and you see them on TV every day and. They're, they're almost larger than life. Um, but for me, I don't look at it that way. Yeah. Um, you know, when, I, when I'm talking with Aaron Rodgers, you know, yeah, I appreciate what he does on the football field. In my eyes, I think he's the best quarterback who's ever played. Not the greatest, but as far as skill, I think he's the best quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. But when I'm talking to him, it's about Aaron Rodgers, the kid from, you know, Northern California. And really getting to know the person, Giannis, where he comes from, his family from yeah. Nigeria and how they Keith, know, updated. It's like so funny.
0: It's, yeah. No, I yeah. think, man, like as you speak about this, that's what brings me to like wanting to do reporting is storytelling. Like yeah. I always and I preach on this all the time. It's a part of my values. It's like in order to know someone, you have to get to know their story, you get to know them. Like, you know, and, and if you don't know them, you can't make assumptions, you can't make judgments upon them. Like, you need to know them. And that's the best part about sports. Writing and just, like, reporting overall is that like, you get to know all of these athletes and their stories and who who they are today. And that's the base of, like, this podcast is, like, I want to communicate and talk with current and former student athletes about their stories, about who they are, and, like, that's ultimately what it's about, you know, like striving to get those stories out here, there to know yeah. that us athletes, we're more than just what we, how we play on the court or what we produce
2: Absolutely.
0: on the field or, you know, in our sport, we have much more to bring to the table. Yep. And like yep. Keith, you're awesome and you're a blessing. And I'm so thankful that you have been a mentor in my life. Um, And I'm happy you got to be on my podcast and, Tell your story and tell tell people who you are and how you got to where you got to today, um, Keith. And I appreciate you for being on here for sure. You're awesome,
1: Keith. The pleasure is all mine. You know, you know I got you whenever you need me. Man, um, you know I'm, I'm so happy to have met you and to see where your mind is. It's just so refreshing to meet you know a young twenty-something who's grinding and after her that wants to achieve these goals. Yeah. It also understands the importance of today. Um, and it's tough. It's tough, especially when you're so driven, like, you know, a lot of us are. Um, but, man, it's, it's, it's refreshing. So, no, it's, it's my pleasure. And, and I love, I love whenever we can chop it up, I'm all for it.
0: Man, for real. Keith, I, man, I appreciate you and all that you do. And there's greatness in store for you as well. Like I tell you, um, via text, when one door
2: closes, another opens. Best believe it. 100%
1: absolutely absolutely